0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your
1: confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, I'm Crystal Knight and welcome back to the show. In early February... A train derailment happened in East Palestine, Ohio. The derailment comprised of three locomotives and 150 freight cars, and it sent clouds of smoke over the city, which forced thousands of residents to evacuate. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but the aftermath of the chemical spill that was caused by the derailment left many residents feeling vulnerable, without a home unsafe drinking water, and unsafe air quality. Many of the residents of this small town were forced to leave their homes and they have not returned. Many have moved, businesses have closed, and people are left feeling what happens when a city experiences a crisis like this, the governor has not declared a state of emergency, and what happens to the future of our health? Today, I'm speaking with Desiree Timms, the president and CEO of Innovation Ohio, about the aftermath of this train derailment in Ohio. Welcome to the show, Desiree.
0: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for coming and speaking with us about this important topic. We're talking about the Ohio chemical spill slash train derailment that happened in East Palestine, Ohio, which borders the state of Pennsylvania. And this has been a topic that's really dominated the news cycle over the last couple of weeks. You know, I thought that it maybe would die down after, you know, the transportation secretary visited But recently, another train derailment happened in the state. So can you just talk to us about what is the state of affairs? What's the state of play around what is happening with these train derailments by Norfolk Southern?
0: Ohio is home to manufacturing, um, railway, freight. We see it a lot growing up and living here. um, You see the, the trains going up and down the tracks. Uh, carrying a lot. And I don't think until recently, a lot of Ohioans are now a little more wary and hesitant when we are approaching in our vehicles, uh, some of the train cars. I think what happened in East Palestine is uh, the result of a rollback on regulations and a rollback on policies for these companies, uh, braking systems, we need to really upgrade our infrastructure with a which The Biden administration has championed, by the way, Um, but this really goes to the core of our workers, our infrastructure and some of the regulations that are needed in transportation uh, around the country.
1: And speaking of legislation, Desiree, there's a bipartisan bill right now that many senators are already agreeing to. Speaking about regulations and things that the railroad industry can change moving forward. So. From Ohio, you have two senators, um, Sherrod Brown, who's a Democrat, J.D. Vance, who just literally won, you know, his U.S. Senate seat after writing a book, Hillbilly Elegy, about white working class folks in the Appalachia, um, but also in the state of Pennsylvania, which borders this town and borders your own state. You have two Democratic senators who've also agreed not only to work with the two senators from Ohio, but also Josh Hawley. He signed on to this legislation. He's from the state of Missouri. Ted Cruz has signed on to this legislation. And so for many on the outside looking in, they would say, well, it appears that both sides of the aisle care about this issue. But is the legislation so narrow that it only focuses on what is happening in Ohio right now in this moment? Or is this something that can carry throughout other railways across this country?
0: Well, first, uh, Sherrod Brown has championed this legislation, and I'm really thrilled to see Republicans and Democrats come together to work on something together. Finally, it's been a long time coming. I think think the reality is that East Palestine, Ohio is represented by Republicans. Um, the only Democrat uh, that co- controls or covers that area is Senator Sherrod Brown. And so what we're seeing is Republicans panic and think through, okay, this is my district and other Republicans from different states and different districts. This could have been my district. This could have been my state. I want to make sure I'm on the record doing something to help a community that looks like mine. And I think that effort, uh, superficial or not, should be applauded because we really need solutions because people are afraid. People have seen the Aaron Brockovich movies. They've seen what happens when politicians and the media pack up and leave town Mm -hmm. and then things go sour. And so what we're hearing uh, from residents on the ground is, look, the water you're saying it's good to drink today But what happens next month? What happens next year when you're no longer here, when you're no longer testing the water every day? What happens and what does that mean for my children? Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw what happened to the livestock and the animals. Right. They died uh, in that community. So these are real fears uh, that are being expressed.
1: And I think, you know, there have been other reports of people or residents from the city saying that they're experiencing headaches, Um, You know, thinking about small businesses, um, there's a report of a greenhouse and the owners are saying, why would anyone come here and shop at our greenhouse beyond driving, you know, maybe 20 to 30 miles away? Just understanding that because this happened here, there's now a stigma placed on this town. People don't want to live here. People are leaving. Um, Businesses will have to kind of figure out what do they do moving forward to make sure that, you know, their ability to have a sustainable, you know, business or, or livelihood, it is affected because of this one situation. And I agree with you. Once the cameras are, are, are gone, once the national media is out of the picture, will the same, you know, testing take place? How does life resume as normal without the fanfare or the media's attention?
0: And that's why the legislation introduced by Senators Brown and Vance is so important, right? Mm-hmm. Because just weeks after this happened in East Palestine, another derailment happened down the road in Clark County, Ohio, uh, closer to my hometown, Dayton. So we're seeing this every day. An employee from Norfolk Southern died. Uh, after colliding with the dumpster truck. I mean, we really wow. need regulations for the rails uh, and the train cars that are coming through our state and around the country. Uh, we know from some stories that some of um, the lines have included over 100 cars, freight cars, with one driver, one engineer. That's just not enough. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that these uh, freights are very well stocked with employees. Uh, that the safety and inspections are there, and that we have the infrastructure to support the industry that has been around for hundreds of years and isn't going away anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of the regulation having not adequate, you know manpower, these are things that were relaxed under the Trump administration. I not You know, That's not right. to politicize this event because it's it's unfortunate and it could happen anywhere. These are citizens of the United States of America. And so they deserve the rights and protections that every other citizen in this country has. But we also have to understand that these are the types of regulations that presidents have the ability to influence. And so while people are beating up on the transportation secretary around his not, you know, coming to the city, Quick enough or soon enough. Again, these regulations are things that we have to acknowledge happen. The relaxing of the regulations, rather, happened under President Trump. And I wonder do people understand how, when you regulate something or deregulate something, accidents like this can occur and they can occur again?
0: That's exactly right. This is the prime example of what happens when we allow too much deregulation to occur in one administration and then danger ensues. And what this community fears uh, in terms of businesses leaving town, tourism, uh, people afraid to come to drink the water, people afraid to stop to stop, you know that really impacts their bottom line and their their finances. And we saw the same thing happen in Flint. What we have happening in this country when it comes to infrastructure and clean water um, is a human issue. And I think it's beyond what people think of like tree huggers and everyone cares (laughs) about, you know, the trees. And really, it's about your babies. It's Mm -hmm. about the air that you breathe, Mm -hmm. um, your, your child's ability to play at the park and the dirt that they play in and what toxins are in that. All of that matters. And we're seeing that play out in real time.
1: One of the other reports that I heard was during COVID, people were, we were all told in this country to minimize our human to human contact, right? Because there is a viral disease. But one of the pleasures of life that we were able to still enjoy was just going outside, taking a walk, taking a jog, or just doing things out in the open where there was clean and safe airflow. And so when you have A situation where a train is derailing, the company is deciding to do a chemical burn in a particular community, then the airflow, the thing, like you said, that we take for granted, you know, just the ability to breathe clean air, that becomes dangerous. And then you're having to ask residents to shelter in place, to shelter inside. And so they feel trapped. It feels like covid all over again, where you have to stay in your house, because even just walking outside could be hazardous, even if not now, but down the road. What will this mean on the residents who live there? What will this mean on their bodies 10 years from now or five years from now? What will it mean on their ability to breathe if folks have asthma? All of these unforeseen medical issues that could arise because of this one situation, does it tank a community? Does it kill this city? Does it kill a community um, because we failed to make sure that we had proper regulations in place?
0: Yeah, I think, amen to everything you said, right? Uh, We have to make sure that people feel safe in their communities. I know when uh, the accident first occurred, Uh, there was a mandatory evacuation request. And you think through what that means for families, uh, maybe, you know, grandma and grandpa's on a breathing machine, or Mm -hmm. maybe they don't have adequate transportation. A lot of the residents in East Palestine expressed the hardships uh, that came with packing up, leaving overnight and, and trying to find a hotel like that costs money, it's not free. And what does this mean for communities around the country? Because We have seen accident after accident after accident in Ohio alone. What happens to the rest of the states? And I think that's why you're seeing such quick action by government officials and electeds on both sides of the aisle trying to right this wrong. Because it could happen in your community tomorrow and it can happen in my community the next day.
1: So Desiree, I want to turn a little bit to the politics of it. Do you feel that the scrutiny rather, and maybe that's not the right word, but just the media's attention on the transportation secretary, has it been fair considering what has happened in Ohio? Also considering this is on the backdrop of, you know, a really rough travel season um, with the FAA and understanding what the transportation secretary can do and cannot do. Do you think that his scrutiny has been fair and has he had proper response to the state?
0: I know that a lot of people were frustrated or expressed interest uh, in Secretary Buttigieg's appearance, but I think that has been weaponized and politicized by the far right. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is the people in that community were looking to the governor And they're looking to the president and they're looking for, you know, to people they know by Mm -hmm. name. And most people don't know who the secretary of transportation or the secretary of agriculture is in the country. And so I think that's something that has been really weaponized and politicized by the far right. Um, The governor uh, was there and and so were Ohio elected officials. Like people know their mayors and they know the people uh, who they see in the grocery stores on an everyday basis. and, And that certainly isn't the secretary. But 69% of all people, according to a poll, believe that Governor DeWine uh, should declare a state of emergency because we are having so many uh, rail car accidents. Mm -hmm. And I think people want answers. And I don't think that the people of East Palestine were looking to the Secretary of Transportation for answers. They were looking to Norfolk Southern for answers. What are you going to do to clean up this mess that occurred in my community? And are you going to make it right? Uh, Remember, these people left everything in their fridge. Uh, Their kids were displaced in schools. They had to uh, pay for hotel nights. They had to pay for additional food. They didn't know when they could come home. And then when they were invited back home, they didn't know if the water was safe, if the air was safe. And so they have real questions regarding the cost Uh, on their personal bottom lines Mm -hmm. and what the cleanup will be and the timeline will be. And I don't think um, they're looking to politicians for those answers. They're looking for the company responsible and they're looking for what their local elected officials and the governor can do to fix it.
1: What has been the governor's response? How has he worked with FEMA? How has he worked with other emergency service agencies to address this? And why do you think that he has not declared a state of emergency for the state?
0: You know, I guess declaring a state of emergency would be uh, too much, too much right, too much common sense. <laughs> okay. uh, make it plain. I have no idea why mm. the governor has not declared a state of emergency. Right now, there are people still afraid to go outside in East Palestine. There are people mm. still afraid to drink water there are questions in the other side, on the other side of the state in Clark County, um, because another derailment happened, and so it has been reported that that freight was not comprised of toxic chemicals or hazardous materials, but it could have been. Right, it could have been in a different part of the state, and so we are seeing this happen over and over again, and inaction or sitting and like waiting around and like maybe you know. I don't know, the clouds will come dissipate and suck all the toxins up and send it down to the ocean. I don't know what they think is going to happen, but we obviously need um, a state of emergency so we can bring in FEMA so that people can get the help that they need. And, And this is why voting matters. This is why we have a government. This is why you pay taxes so that the government can work for you. And so I hope that the governor will declare a state of emergency so that this community can get the help that they need and other communities around the state who deal with the Romans um, and are dealing with the Romans right now.
1: Absolutely. And I, too, hope that the governor acts swiftly because these are his residents. You know, these are people who are looking to him for leadership. And so speaking about leadership, I wanted to also turn to. How has your organization, Innovation Ohio, been able to speak about what's happening, um, think about policy and legislation in this moment? Obviously, as you stated, this is something that has happened before. It will likely happen again. It's already happened again, even since this story, another derailment has happened. And so how does Innovation Ohio fit into this landscape when you think about these kinds of things that happen repeatedly across your state?
0: Yeah, well, we are working with our partner organizations throughout the state to advocate for change. Um, We're also sharing information um, that we receive regarding the derailment, trying to communicate that out to residents, not just in East Palestine, but residents across Ohio. We drive a lot here in Ohio. So Mm -hmm. we You may be in Cincinnati and Dayton one day and Cleveland the next um, because we travel a lot in this state. And so we care about all of our communities, all of our cities, big and small towns. Right. And so it's very important that we communicate um, what the remedies are, when communities will be safe and that we call out the governor for his inaction. I mean, he missed the deadline to submit to FEMA for for a state of emergency. And so that is just unacceptable. It's unacceptable uh, from our leaders. And so we're working to ensure that we hold our elected officials accountable to the people.
1: Because when you miss that deadline, that you're missing out on money as well that could go to help towards recovery efforts. You're missing out on the ability for those who've been displaced to start over or to, you know, continue with permanent housing. And so I think that this is really a time where really you get to reflect on all of your elected leadership, right? At every level, you know, local, state and federal, because this is something that everyone can play a part in and have a role in. And when they don't, it's glaring. When they don't, it is it's it's very much in your face. And so hopefully your state leaders and federal leaders are watching and understanding that the residents of East Palestine, they deserve more out of their elected leaders and their leadership. Um, but what's the next city that is close to East Palestine, where most people are having to relocate, if at all? Like Map out for us just geographically where people are seeking refuge you know, during this, this moment in time.
0: So East Palestine is in Northeast Ohio, right? And so I think the reality is it's a village. It's not, I don't think the vast majority of those people are going to go to Youngstown or Cleveland or Pittsburgh, you know, across the border. I think that it depends on, you know, a lot of people like the, the small town and community values. And so I think they may have to relocate and they will probably hopefully find a community that's similar to their own. Um, but hopefully, with the help of the federal government, that the toxins are cleaned up, the air is, you know, repurified, and the water is clean so they can stay home. I want to shout out Administrator Regan, because he definitely was on the ground uh, talking to the, the residents and the community in East Palestine on behalf of the Biden administration and the EPA. And that was really meaningful for them. I don't think anyone wants to leave their home. Yeah. And so... I don't think that um, at least I haven't heard a ton about where they should relocate and we should just <laughs> wipe out this community. I think um, the focus has more so been on how do we prevent another tragedy from happening and how do we provide them with resources? And, and that will, again, start with that state of emergency that we're still waiting on.
1: Wow. So the governor, does he have the opportunity, Governor DeWine, does he have the opportunity to reapply for a state of emergency?
0: I know that um, from reports, the governor requested an extension. So hopefully he's thinking about it and uh, we want to encourage him to do the right thing and apply for that, that relief so that these communities can get the help that they need.
1: That's great. Yeah, hopefully that will happen. And are you aware of any support that your neighboring state, Pennsylvania, has been able to provide?
0: I don't know what support uh, Pennsylvania has provided, but I'm sure some of the residents are uh, purchased hotel rooms over there. And so I I think, again, this comes down to the different families Mm -hmm. and their financial bottom line and the hardships that have been associated with this derailment Mm -hmm. and what that means for them long-term. And I still think it's too soon to tell what the impact is for them As they think through what does life look like for me in East Palestine, Ohio, for me and for my kids, for my business and the life that I want to provide for them. And I think that's something that, frankly, is just going to take time.
1: How can people get involved in, you know, the recovery efforts if they're listening to this and feel moved to do something or take action?
0: Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I know there are a lot of nonprofits and local groups on the ground. In Northeast Ohio. You can also reach out to uh, the Ohio Environmental Action Group to ensure that you're getting pointed in the right direction. Um, I think what we need to do is push for passing this bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that we see bipartisan legislation come to the floor or it's announced and everyone gets excited about it right. and then maybe it dies in committee mm-hmm. maybe it comes to the floor for a vote and then you know it never reaches the president's desk and so i think before we get too excited and championing legislation uh, that we all like right everybody likes this we ensure that it passes
1: Okay, well, we've just been speaking with Desiree Timms again, who is the president and CEO of Innovation Ohio and the Innovation Ohio Education Fund. Desiree, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and bring us up to date really about what's happening on the ground in Ohio. This is something that I think many of our listeners will continue to watch because it's something that's continuing to dominate the news cycle. Our hope is that even after the lights and cameras are gone and after the reporters leave, that the people who live there still get the support and the help that they need. And urging Governor DeWine to actually apply on time to FEMA to declare a state of emergency, because that opens up the door for a lot of recovery efforts that the state cannot receive until that state of emergency is declared
0: That's exactly right, and thank you so much for having me on. I want to encourage all of the listeners to follow Innovation Ohio on social media. We have been and will continue to share and tweet out local organizations to support, along with the Ohio Environmental Council, uh, Sierra Club of Ohio. There are a lot of advocacy groups on the ground, River Valley Organizing. I mean, we are all... Trying to spread the word about what's happening in East Palestine, Ohio, and really advocate and champion the needs of the community there, but also across the entire state and Midwest um, to ensure that communities are protected when these freight rails are driving through their community with toxic materials. It is very important to our health, to our livestock, to our children that we ensure safety first.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Desiree, for joining us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to The Crystal Night Show.